Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> Hello, Egg Chasers. Welcome to episode 22 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We don't take ourselves or the game too seriously, but we do love rugby and plenty to talk about. I'm Tim, that's JB. Hi, Tim. And that's Phil. Hi, Tim. Did you play at the weekend, gents? No, um, I had the weekend off and I spent Friday watching Wales release the Dragons! <laughs> you went to Cardiff, didn't you? No, I didn't. Your uh, missus went to Cardiff, though. I don't believe in Friday Night Games. It's a moral stance. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, I, sorry, let me clarify. I believe they happen. I, I'm pretty certain they do happen. <laughs> but I don't believe they should happen. Um, so how did you come to not go to Cardiff, but yet your other half did? Your, she, other, your other half and your parents. Yeah, she's well-trained. Um, she just loves rugby now. Weirdly. Wow. Didn't understand it. But yeah. <laughs> she likes getting drunk in a score big crowd. Score try, score try, kick it, kick it. <laughs> Put it for a corner. <laughs> Phil, Phil, you, you, is your, you, you haven't got a beard, which I'm taking as a sign that you're not injured. No. Played at the weekend and we won quite comfortably. 75 nil. We've got lots of rugby to talk about. Yeah. Six Nations. Well, I was going to say some brilliant matches, but actually some intriguing matches. And there were some, it was some excellent rugby as well. Premiership which is simmering nicely as we get towards the business end of the season and uh, plenty to look forward to as well. But we've had a lot of reaction since our last podcast. Thank you very much for that. You can always get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Rugby Podcast and you can fire any thoughts you have on anything you hear or any suggestions you've got for future podcasts or reactions to anything that we say. But um, Robert Hirsch, following England's victory at Twickenham against Ireland, says, Gents, is Henry Thomas the most handsome prop in world (laughs) rugby? Is he? There's not many handsome props, is there? Right. In world rugby, a couple of good-looking hookers. Yeah, they're all oh, no, Sol- no, pun in, no pun intended. Um, oh, good. Zolzewski. Uh, Zolzewski. Uh, the Brits isn't a bad-looking man. Zolzewski doesn't quite look the the good-looking man he was. He's been beaten up a little bit. Oh well, I mean, if you want to see a man who's been uh, battered by rugby, look at leather-faced Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> he used to be so dashing, and now he looks like well, like he has a leather face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the front row, um, Waterco Ruthin 
Oh, by the way, a wonderful company. <laughs> Any issues with uh, drainage or uh, flood, flood risk, risk management? Flood risk assessments, it, it, yeah. You call Watsco. In North Wales. Uh, it, so what? If Watsco was based in Somerset, not a problem. <laughs> well, there would be no flooding problems at all. Yeah. No, no, we wouldn't no. have had to endure well, hours of looking at David Cameron turning up in a pair of wellies and standing being completely useless in all those floods. Exactly. And ask yourself this. Why didn't North Wales flood? There you go. <laughs> uh, right, he said... Uh, they point out during the Wales-France game, very disappointed to see a French prop wearing gloves. Did you notice the fingerless gloves on the... I can't remember which prop it was. Number 17, a replacement. Yeah, the same guy who was pointed out last week, actually. Shocking. It's, uh, it, it, a little bit of me died inside when I saw mm, that. Agreed. It's, a, it's a travesty. Uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter with any thoughts. I'll get through some more of those in a bit. But I thought we could kick off today with uh, with a game of Rugby Social. Ooh, wonderful. So, oh, yes. You know, rugby clubs up and down the land like a, like a little social every now and again, a few little drinks, maybe a kangaroo court. Well, this Rugby Social is just using the Twitter accounts of professional rugby players and seeing what they've been saying on social media. First one... From Austin Healy. Austin Healy accused referee Alan Rowland of being what? Oh. Was it A, like a geography teacher, B, Welsh, or C, Wayne Barnes's dad? Wow. <laughs> That's uh, Austin Healy. <laughs> On Alan Rowland, he, accused, he either accused Alan Rowland of being like a geography teacher, Welsh, or... Wayne Barnes' dad. If he is Wayne Barnes' dad, he's going to be very disappointed. Let me have a think. The geography teacher can't be that because he's always looking lost. Uh, <laughs> fr- French? Hey, hold on a minute. I need, I need to get some sort of sound effect for that, <laughs> that little pun. <laughs> hey. What was that? That was, that was the Seinfeld sting. <laughs> the little bass bit from Seinfeld. That's all I've got to hand. Right, so come on then. What did Austin Healy accuse Alan Roland of being? Well, Roland has in the past been been accused of being French because he's got a French name. Well, he, I think he loves French... to show off. He can speak French, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. Is it a French mother? He's got a French mother and speaks fluent French, so people say that he shouldn't be refing any French games. I'm going to go for that. I'm going to say he accused him of being Welsh. Welsh. Uh, yeah, I'll go for that as well. You're both correct. That's exactly what Austin Healy said. Is Alan Roland Welsh? Pointing out the fact that Alan Roland did give probably, well, the rub of the green on the calls certainly went Wales' favour. The scrum was a total mess, wasn't it? Yes. It, it was, I mean, fair play, the IRB for changing the rules, um, the laws, and it has been a, a noticeable improvement this season, but that was like watching rugby from a couple of years ago. Turgid, reset scrum after reset scrum. I mean, he had a good game around the park, but how Gethin Jenkins got man of the match, I do not know. Because Gethin Jenkins is incredible. I think that would be the main reason. I actually think he got man of the match more to do with the fact he was so much better than his opposite, opposite number. Around the park, perhaps, but his primary function as a prop is to scrummage but, and to w- win your own ball. They yeah. only, they only France won one out, one out of three scrums. But Wales only won five out of nine. It's a better percentage, but it's still not good. It's, that is not international calibre. It is, it is. He can only prop given the circumstances which he's allowed to prop, and that pitch wasn't quite up to it. It's not on him, so... You know, what's he to do? And, he, and then he was great around the field. That's fine by me. He was good around the field, but uh, Warburton for me was man yeah. of the match. He was everywhere. Warburton was, was superb. His tackling, his stealing, his try, yeah. just everything. He was really, really good. While we're on the subject of Alan Rowland, who uh, Austin Healy brought up, I think that, you know, 
even though I'm playing Jerusalem, a fine English, it's the only rousing music I could find. But well done, Philippe Santandre. Congratulations. Dropping Louis Picamoles on the strength that he did a sarcastic clap after being shown a yellow card. That's what makes rugby great. Coaches like Philippe Santandre taking a, a moral stance and putting the values of the game at the core. And I say, well yeah. done, Philippe Santandre. Here, here. If only we could have Santandre's morals with someone else's coaching, it'd be wonderful. <laughs> but um, just to put another slant on it, as English supporters, me and you, Tim, and a Welsh supporter, Jay, because. Ireland have now only got to play Italy and an under-strength French team, and they are top of the table, it could potentially hand Ireland the title. But do you know what? I'm not that bothered about Pickamore's going, although he's one of my favourite players. Uh, Um, He's excellent. Yeah, yeah, of course he is. But I think that French team needs a bit of a spark, a a bit of a change. And I'd quite like to see the young lad from Toulouse come in or something like... some some change. Because at at the moment, they're not very good. The problem with France, and I think where they lost it, was the the, the scrum half was like a rabbit in the headlights. He looked petrified. And they've brought in Morgan Parra, an experienced scrum half. Who might be unavailable because he got red-carded at the weekend. Yes. Oh, you're joking. Exactly. For headbutting Rennie Ranger. And and they've been unsettled unsettled at 10, so they're 9-10. Let me get this right. They wanted to bring in a guy who had many Ranger, <laughs> but they can't get a guy that clapped the ref. <laughs> what a yeah. wonderful game we play. How, how does that look for the moral stance? Then? <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, let me just read the quote from Philippe Santandre. Um, he said, after, after this defeat, we made some changes to compensate for injuries and perceived shortcomings in the Cardiff match. That's things like Morgan Parra uh, in at Scrum Half. But also in reaction to certain attitudes on the ground, regarding the match officials that we that have no place in our sport respect is the foundation of our values it's important to send a signal to all players and remind them having the privilege of wearing the jersey adorned with the cock imposes duties and obligations I love that <laughs> I love you, that I agree with everything he says it makes you smirk but um, yeah. I agree with everything just he saying said. the word cock yeah. made you smirk <laughs> good cock, well just that those last few words the cock imposes duties and obligations here here yeah yeah, yeah. well, I think he's absolutely right. I, I couldn't agree more, actually. In fact, for the foundation of the, of the sport, it is about people fighting fighting on a pitch and then making friends afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Respect, so. And inevitably, the, the wages of rugby players will... I mean, maybe it won't be as much as, say, Wayne Rooney's 300 grand a week ever, but uh, it will at some point. It, the gap will get between n- the normal man on the street and the elite rugby player will get bigger and bigger well and... not in Twickenham <laughs> yeah. well yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's true uh, but little things like that from Philippe Santandre um, will make sure that rugby keeps keeps its roots so I, I say yeah. fair play now yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, did you notice something um, in the game there was one moment I noticed from the Wales-France game while we're talking of Alan Rowland the bit where Alan Rowland went and spoke to Adam Jones and said what's going on over here then and Adam Jones's reaction. I don't know if you'll hear it properly. You have to listen really carefully to this. I've got a clip. Nothing, man. I remember that actually. Nothing, man. <laughs> right, just play it again. So Adam Roland saying, what's, "What's going on over here, then, guys?" What's going on this side? Come on, thin man. Good. That sounds intimidating. He's like some, I don't know, some kid who's just been caught (laughs) with uh, some booze on the street corner at 16 year old. He doesn't sound Welsh either. 
No, he's a Geordie or something. Very strange reaction. It is. Tell you what, should we move on to another question in uh, Rugby Social? Oh, yes. Question number two, and the the Super Rugby is fully kicked off now. And what did New Zealand international winger Corey Jane do with fellow New Zealand international winger Julian Surveyor? Was it A, go for a head massage and hair straightening? Was it B, go for a pedicure? Or was it C, go for a face mask? Two Mm. two New Zealand international wingers, Corey Jane and Julian Surveyor, did that together. Mm. Head massage and hair straightening. Yes. Pedicure or face mask? Head massage, hair straightening. Definitely. Hmm. I'm going to say, because they've been training over what is their summer, their pre-season training, and the grounds will be very firm, they'll have sore feet, so they're going to take care of themselves by having a pedicure. Didn't, didn't you play with someone called Sore Feet once? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, at uni, a uni nickname. Because he was always moaning that his feet were sore. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's uh, that, that simple. Pedicure, <laughs> ah. uh, head massage, and hair straightening. How do you like me now? Oh. Corey Jane and you. You're a winger, Phil. How does that make you feel knowing that those t- two elite wingers? It was wingers so obvious. It was so obvious. Go for a head massage and hair straightening. Those New Zealanders, they all shave the legs, don't they? Does that do they? Yeah. So I, I can kind of see it from them. Gavin Henson was ahead of his time. Mm, well, a lot of people say that New Zealand's quite backwards. <laughs> so, uh, well, if you go to Anglesey, they all shave their legs. You wouldn't catch so. any, of the, any of the Springboks doing that. They'd just go and eat an antelope instead. Right, well, listen. Anyway, next question in uh, Rugby Social, then. The final one for today comes from Nick Easter. Uh, Nick Easter was amused by which YouTube video? Was it Girl on Meds After Wisdom Teeth? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's on YouTube, is it? <laughs> yep. Was it? Okay. Funny football fight, or was it two girls, one cup? <laughs> I've never had anyone explain it to me, and I've never wanted to look at it. I've is that never, one of these mythical things? I've never, I've never, seen, never it. seen it. I've uh, never seen it. I don't even know what it is, and I don't want to know. I have seen it. I couldn't describe it on the podcast. No, this is a family pod. Don't, 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 don't. Anyway, so it's not that one, is it? So is it <laughs> funny football fight or girl after meds? I'm just going to say about smugly. Oh, do you know? I'm going to. Oh, I'm going to go for the girl on meds. I too, I'm going to go for the girl on meds. Why do you say that smugly, Jay? Uh, because I've never ever won a game on this show ever. So what I thought I'd do is I'd just copy Phil because I knew, knew that I was one ahead. Ah. Yeah. How for that, Phil? That's what I call the Leicester Tigers way to win. <laughs> girl on meds? No, it was. Well, it was the funny football fight. There was uh, this basically the worst fight I've ever seen. I will post a link to it. Um, I'll show you the video of it. But to compare rugby players and the way they go into battle and to compare footballers, there, well, there is no comparison, as you'll, as you'll see from this little video. <laughs> wait, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> I don't know how you describe that. Uh, front crawl. <laughs> it, did, it did look like it just, not a single connection was made between either player. I like this. I, I like it. I respect these two players greatly. Oh, yeah, really slugging it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll post it at Rugby Podcast so you can see what was uh, making well, JB chuckle so much and what Nick Easter was entertained well, by. First of all, I just say that that actually looked like a rugby fight. Those were rugby punches. If you've ever seen a rugby player punch, it's not cool. They're, they're rubbish at punching. So thank you, Nick Easter, for that one. And uh, that was Rugby Social.
Nick Easter did say well done to England as well on their victory against Ireland, and it's you've got to say that was an impressive win. I'm going. I'm looking at the Welshman in the room here to see. It was incredible. I was going crazy towards the end behind England, 100. percent It was. Of course you were behind. I was going what? But then of course you were because it throws the championship wide open. Yeah, exactly. So uh, no, both teams are absolutely quality. Um, Everyone said. Mike Brown was the best player on the pitch, and me and Phil had a, a bit a bit of an argument about this. I do think Mike Brown was probably the best player, player on the pitch, but I still don't think he's quite as good as Carney. He's not got the longevity as as, as Carney, but I think he's actually playing better at the moment. Well, he's had two of the matches back to back, and I just think it's amazing. Actually, he had his first cap in two thousand six, two thousand seven, in a tour I think South Africa, and. All the pundits after the tour of South Africa said he will never make an England mm. player. And look at him now. He looks absolutely outstanding. Oh, mm. that, that game. Excellent uh, I think Matt Dawson said it best. I think he said um, it was like watching, the standard was that high, it is like watching a World Cup semi final. I think it was. I think that, that's how high the standard was. It was intense, was. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, incredibly intense. I was, I was watching it with my housemate who's not a rugby player. He plays cricket and, and hockey. And I think he thinks I'm mental now because I was screaming my head off for the whole of the second half, just going nuts and then like muttering under my breath when something went wrong and then screaming again. And I by the way, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Launchbury, what a player. Oh, he yeah. was superb. Joe Launchbury at the end, I've never seen a player look more exhausted. Couldn't have walked another step. It was He was dead on his feet and it worked so hard. He was uh, awesome. Yeah, and how good is it that both him and Laws are playing superbly. Yeah. And then Atwood came on and was sensational. Yeah. In 11, I like Atwood. I've always liked Atwood, though. In 11 minutes, he made nine tackles and one turnover. Wow. In 11 minutes. That is unbelievable. And the uh, the other game that we've not mentioned, again, it does throw the championship wide open. Uh, that was some... He had some plums there, didn't he, Duncan Weir? Yeah, because he was quite a way out as well to slot that kick. Um, and it, it, I didn't see any of this, so I'm completely in the dark here. Oh, you missed the... Um, Mesmeric Sergio Parise yeah. and his teammates in that beautiful change strip for Italy. Oh yeah, the white. Oh. When, when are they going to name this um, this match and give it like a cup? Like, of course, you've got the Calcutta Cup and all the rest of it. The mess is there actually like? Uh, well, it was the wooden spoon. Yeah, it was <laughs> on this particular tournament. Um, Scotland won, and that's great. I can't believe they don't need Kelly Brown. I watched him again this weekend. Um, that set of flankers that. Saracens have oh, immense with Jack Berger, wow, and Kelly Brown. And Kelly Brown's a monster. Kelly mm. Brown is a monster. And why, why, when you're not a very good team, would you not need Kelly Brown? Where arguably the best team in England needs Kelly Brown. Well, they had Dave Denton on the bench. I mean, they Johnny Beatty's a great player. Yeah, yeah Johnny Beatty is a very good player. I know, and they weren't. And I, but I just think they're papering over the cracks. I think um, they got lucky, and yeah, it wasn't. An accomplished performance. Uh, Alex Dunbar, who scored the two mm. tries, they were two good tries as well, showed re- really good turn of pace. Oh, interesting Scottish development. Uh, but it's old now, but still, not many people know about it. Richie Vernon moving from um, 6 to 13. Yeah, yeah, it was November, December, he made an announcement that he was going to make the switch. Like I think, it's, I think he's been playing for a team called Sterling. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not like he wasn't successful at 6. He's an international 6. Very fast, but... Like one, one of those kind of wiry, yeah, fast uh, flankers off number eights who can they really cut it when it, the going gets rough. Yeah. Eventually, Richie Vernon and his uh, position change leads 
perfectly into the Dream 15 for this week, mm. which we're going to select. Good segue, Jay. Beautiful yes. segue. Was that, did you plan that, Jay? I, I, uh, you know. The Dream Team is where we dream up a, a topic and we pick a 15 of people to wear that shirt. So... Richie Vernon is one player who's moved position. There are others. Uh, Tom Young's, again, was mm. involved at the weekend. I want an out-of-position 15. So this isn't players that have moved positions. This is players that could move positions. Oh. And uh, here's, here's a couple of ground rules before we start. No back is allowed to be a back. So you can't go from scrum after 10, for example. It has to be yeah. forwards, okay. you forwards could... in the backs, backs in the forwards, and, they, and players that are currently playing. So are out of position 15. Let's start at uh, prop then. So I've gone for a good Andy Good. Oh. At, uh, Andy Food, of course. At, at loose head. <laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh on him. <laughs> I thought, just, just sure, purely looking at the, the legs and the power in the lower body, Manu Tuolangi would make an awesome loose head. He is like over 18 stone as well. Yeah. So. Man, uh, well, uh, any Tuolangi could pretty much be <laughs> any, anywhere, couldn't they? And what, what about as the other prop? Uh, I wonder if you had this one. Phil or JB Matthew Bastero yeah that's tight head. oh that's yeah that's a very good one I, I like down as tight see tight. I thought like um, a good hooker would be like almost like a Christoph Dominici that kind of squats compact yeah um, he's not playing anymore he misses out uh, on the yeah. oh sorry they have to still be playing yeah still be playing I think Mar Nonu uh, yeah, he, he's uh, maybe compact like that. Yeah, he is actually very compact. Yeah, and if if Tom Young's can uh, transition from centre to hooker, <laughs> then I'm sure Mon- yeah, Mon- Mon- will be okay. So would you would you go to Alangi or Andy Good, JB? If you had to pick between the two, I think uh, I, I I don't think you, you can joke about uh, Andy Good in that way. His skill set's far too fine to yeah. play prop. Imagine <laughs> that. Genuinely, imagine a, a front row of Manu Tuolangi, Mar Nonu, and Matthew Bastero. You put them up against any Bastrill. front row in world rugby. I've definitely used Bastero. We're missing a trick somewhere here. There's someone on the tip of my tongue, and I can't think who. Uh, Rupeni Falfal. Oh, well done, Rupeni Falfal. <laughs> now we're talking. Who plays with you, Tate? Now we're cooking with gas. And uh, take... you, him, have him at Lucid? Yeah. So could save Tuolagi for the back row, yeah, possibly. Maybe. So Rupeni Falfal, Mar Nonu, Matthew Bastero are out of position front row. Excellent. You liking that? I am liking that. All right, good. Let's move on to the second row then. So out of position, so backs in the second row. Let's not do Banahan because it's too obvious. I was going to say, I bet we all pick Banahan. Yeah, we're not having Banahan. But no, it's obvious for a reason. Yeah. Although technically he he did start playing rugby he at did. second row back, way back in the day, but not as a professional. He's never played professional rugby. Alex Cuthbert? Yeah, too so, weak, too weak, too weak. Yeah, he is quite worried. I'd go for like a Julian Surveyor. Is he big enough? To be an international second row, you need to be 6'5 or above. Okay, so who are we left with? Oh, who's that guy who's just signed for Crusaders? The Fijian guy. Fijian winger, he's 19 stone 12 pounds and he's 6 foot 5 as a winger. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Namani Nadolo. Yes. He is massive. Yeah. Yeah, he is massive. So just he's, shy... been, he's been playing in Japan. Yeah, he also had a little bit of time in France. Uh, oh my, 130 kgs. So wow. That, that's just, that's like, <laughs> uh, uh, oh my God. That's 20 stone near enough. And 6'5". Has he got, got any Fiji caps? I bet he'll be in black very quickly if he hasn't. Uh, yes, I think he has got a couple. The sevens or the quote ones? The quote from Todd Blackadder, the Canterbury coach, is he's an absolute hulk of a man, yet he can fly down the field like you wouldn't believe for a man that size. Comparisons have been, have been drawn with John Alomu. We can't wait to see him and unleash him in this competition. So oh, my word. Some of the game tape on him is incredibly impressive. Oh, how about Sonny Bill? 
I think Nadolo makes our second yeah. row with Matt Banahan. Uh, back row then, six. Did you see the hit in the Saracens Exeter game yesterday? Which one? The one on the big one, Skalk Brits. Oh yeah, yes, I think I did. By Wayne Barnes. By Wayne Barnes, (laughs) he has to go in at six for me. Is that Wayne Barnes? Yes, Wayne Barnes. (laughs) Do you know who I had as a six? I've got it here. I've got it here. Do you want to watch it? Yeah, let's have a look. It's on the BT website. I'll post post a link to it at Rugby Podcast. Thank you, BT Sport, for the uh, video. Shoulder check on Scott Pritz by Wayne Barnes. That is actually the most Wayne Barnes has ever done for the continuity of a game. <laughs> the, the ref cam shot was brilliant. You just yeah. see Scott yeah, yeah. Pritz's face. I thought he ran into the sidelines when I first saw that. Wayne line. Barnes took that really well. Yeah, against a, an international front row. So are you, are you being serious, Wayne Barnes makes six, or is that just a joke one? Because I No, thought... that's, he's down on my list. He's my... <laughs> <laughs> would, would, would George North not be a better six? Uh, Do you know who I'd love at six? And you know, none of you would have thought of it, thought of this guy. I don't even know if he's still playing. Jamie Noon, old granite shoulders. He retired last year. Oh no, he'd be a good prop as well. Granite shoulders. He was only small. massive legs. He's only small, Jamie Noon. Good hooker. Really? He, yeah, he could have been a hooker. Massive on TV. He was stacked, but I think he was only like five ten. Granite shoulders and granite hands. That's, that's what I remember <laughs> about Jamie Noon. Come on, then you get to choose because I'm, I'm saying George North for six. Phil saying Wayne Barnes. You get the casting vote, JB. North. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Um, Wayne Barnes does not belong on a rugby pitch. I think we've. Uh... And does Sunny Bill slot in eight? Would you be happy with that, Phil, or yeah. someone else? If, if North's at six, that's uh, pretty frightening. That and seven. Then this is an important position. You need someone who's a terrier around the field. Big defence. Yeah, I think I've got just turnovers. Uh, I bet I know who you've picked, Phil. I, this again. I'm sorry um, to take this too seriously. One of two. They're playing the same international team. O'Driscoll or Darcy? I said O'Driscoll. I said O'Driscoll. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yes, guess it. Odris- down there, Brian O'Driscoll. Yeah, O'Driscoll's turnovers is superb. Yeah. His defence is immense. He, oh, he, is, oh, he is like as he's as good as an international open side. Yeah, he is. No, genuinely, check this out for a pack and how frightening it would be if they could learn the the actual ins and outs of forward play. Repenny Falfal, Mar Nonu, and Matthew Bastero as a front row. <laughs> that, is, that is intimidating. Namani Nadolo and Matt Banahan at second row. George North, Brian O'Driscoll, Sonny Bill Williams as the back row. The only one I would leave out there is uh, Banahan. Just because he's Banahan. <laughs> <laughs> right, into the backs then. So this is forwards out of position in the backs. Scrum off, I really struggled with. I thought Lobbe, because his hands are so good. I, t- I tell you what, no one's ever tried it, but they should do it. Burger Masco would make a stunning nine. <laughs> 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 Uh, the- just to fill in the gaps, if your if your memory's not lo- long enough, then JB's joking because they did try that. <laughs> he, he is. Oh, hang on, wait. Yes, yeah, yeah, that has happened. He yeah. is capped as an international nine. What a disaster! For half, for half a game, and it went very, very badly wrong. I've never seen anything as ridiculous. They had no backs yeah. to speak of. They well, thought, let's that, put that, a flanker that, at that nine. Had a nine. A nine-man game. Yeah. Was a good idea. <laughs> um, I had a couple, um, mainly, mainly based around size, but. Uh, Lee Mears, potentially. Oh, oh. Not playing anymore, but oh, yeah. yeah. And Neil Back, but he's not playing anymore no. either. Uh, Brousseau, Heinrich, maybe? Yeah, Heinrich Brousseau. Let's could. put him in there. Oh, God. I don't, I don't think his hands are very good, though. No, they're not. They're fancy that passing. Yeah, uh, maybe Lobby then. Like a Mike Phillips style nine. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Both, he, quite, both got, quite dashing, is that what you mean? Yeah, they're both, they're both dashing lads, both both amazing hands, and uh, 10 is an important position. 
I thought Jordan Crane because of that drop goal. Oh, never, yeah. never will I pick Jordan Crane <laughs> for any team, even in jest. Even if I was picking my worst team, I would not pick Jordan Crane out of principle. Oh, um, Ali Williams, because he he uh, did an amazing spiral kick against Wales <laughs> uh, in an autumn international. Wales kicked it down the field. Ali Williams on his own, isolated in the 22. Looked at this funny egg-shaped thing, tilted it slightly, and spiralled it right back into the Welsh 22. <laughs> and we thought, yeah, we're not winning this. I had Zarzewski at it's 10. A 10. Nice. He, he looks like a 10. And <laughs> his, his, uh, well, he's outside, Zarzewski's outside break against England for the Fiku try that won the game. Yeah. That so, could have been... Yeah, a, yeah, that's a good shout, actually. So it depends no. if you want a kicking ten or we want a, we want we want a, a ten that can score a drop kick, like at the end of the Scotland game, in which case you go Jordan Crane. Whether you want a ten that can do an outside break, Sarzewski, um, or you want a one with a solid kicking game, then you pick Ali Williams. Which ten are we going with? Ali Williams. Ali, so that was okay. an incredible Ali, spiral. Ali Williams in at ten. Then I'll go for that. Uh, right, let's uh, let's go in the centres then. Andy Powell. Crash ball, Jamie Roberts style. Yeah, I, I do actually think you could plug in Andy Powell. You could literally before the game just take Roberts out of the Welsh game plan, put in Andy Powell. You probably wouldn't notice the difference. <laughs> Sean O'Brien. Oh no, you've got to be looking at uh, the um, like the PS species. And yeah, well, the... I, I, I've got him down as a winger because he oh, has because he's he has, so yeah. quick. He has played for Bulls on the wing when he was younger. Yeah, really? he has. Yeah, actually. he started. Does that um, invalidate his claim to the wing? Super rugby, possibly. Have you, have you seen just uh, PSB's news today? Um, he's out. PSB's yeah. news? PSB's news. Injured again. Bicep. Yeah, six six months out. Can't he's, you just he's use the perfect, other part of it? Yeah, he's perfectly formed, but massive bicep. Is uh, Which injured. ache of his bicep got injured? <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. He's got enough muscles just to just take off one of his quad muscles and stick it on his arm. He'll still manage. Um, he's a phenomenal specimen. Uh-huh. Why can't I think of his name? Sergio Parise at 12 oh Parise Parise yeah yeah, I can see him make a break yeah oh I'll tell you who made a great offload on the weekend Dave Ewers oh he did big Dave trucked up bang uh, (laughs) back doors cheers Sergio Parise at our 12 Tom Croft I fancy is a a sort of Will Greenwood style centre some of his outside breaks are superb as well they are superb I've much better than Will Greenwood's outside breaks I might add <laughs> wingers, wingers we've got Pierre Spies on uh, I, I can imagine him being a left winger with Gaskell on the wing Gaskell's oh, a good nice. shout 15 fullback to round it off then one man has to be shout, shout Brits. Brits oh yeah well then can't argue with that there we go done <laughs> Do you, actually shall I just read the 15 oh, that's a good idea it's pretty you... impressive uh, out, uh, out of position 15 is front row Repenny Falfal, Mar Nonu, Matthew Bastero, second row, Namani Nadolo and Matt Banahan, back row, George North, Brian O'Driscoll, Sonny Bill Williams, frightening. Scrum half, lobby. Fernandez Lobby. Yeah, mm. let's go for that. Ten, Ali Williams. Centres, Sergio Parise and... Tom Croft. Tom Croft. Wingers, Pierre Spies and James Gaskell and fullback Sharp Brits. I do have it's a frightening one, team. That. I do have one problem with that, which is if that team walked into a bar, you'd be you'd be starstruck, with the exception of of my banana. <laughs> like, who who invited the skateboarder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Now it was a couple of podcasts ago when we featured the brilliant commentary from the. The Castleford Tigers' own I commentator. Speak. I can't oh, speak. How about that? Sends him off! Sends the dressing gate off! <laughs> Get him 
should walk. Come down. That was absolute diabolical. <laughs> He's going to be yellow card. I can't speak. <laughs> you bolus get Campbell. You dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and but, then, of course, there was the moment where they scored a try. underneath that which tells us where this commentary went out to because it can't have been like nothing it's a, it's, Sunday it's just a, no it's Castleford v Wigan and it's the Castleford commentator yeah but what does that even mean there's like wait, wait, wait. what a magnificent performance we all can't speak <laughs> very one-eyed supporter but I thought it could start a new thing on the podcast uh, which we could do every now and again when time allows uh, called commentary corner so uh, I've got another bit of commentary for you today. And this one is from, we go from Rugby League to the Winter Olympics recently finished. This is commentary of when Canada's women's ice hockey team had an amazing comeback against the USA in the final for gold medal. So they were 2-0 down with three minutes to play. They managed to get a goal back and then got an equaliser in the, like, the last 20 seconds of, of normal time. They had to go into overtime, a golden point and Canada's women won this was the reaction of the commentators now any music and stuff you hear it's not added in Canada um, clearly has all of the momentum here and they're on the power play and, and which uh, is four on three because of the overtime frame boy there's a, you talk about a lot of ice available now on this power play a four on three power play oh my God! what what Well done. Uh, Nation's capital, you're welcome and goodbye. Canada wins. Incredible. Incredible. Gold medalist down 2 0 in the third period. Red and white. Deal with it. <laughs> That's how they do the. Co- I wish there was more commentary like that in the UK. Uh, more partisan commentary. Super, super rugby commentary is pretty good. The Australians have got it on lockdown. But their commentary initially was so solemn yeah. and serious. Yeah. It sounded so dry. A lot of ice available. And more Karate Kid theme tune music being yeah. used. How, how do they? Where do they get that music from? They got a big red button on the desk. Yeah, uh, do in, you think, in case Canada wins a gold. Yeah, and his little hammer. And there's a, it's, in a, it's in a glass case, and his little hammer, which says "Only smash if Canada win, if Canada win gold." That's what happened. So there you go, a bit, a bit more commentary for you. If you have any uh, great bits of commentary or anything to add to the podcast uh, in general, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, now, Premiership uh, is rumbling on. Leicester Tigers eked out a victory, but they are streetwise. Uh, more so than any team. Well, you just got to look back to Highland Cup final with the Munster scrum. They've been doing it for years. Every single time the opposition get anywhere near their try line, penalty, they just kill it. Penalty. They, they know that. what they're doing, don't they? And somehow they didn't get a yellow card. Well, not till oh, not till right. Oh, sorry, was it was it right at the end? Yeah. yeah, thirteen penalties they conceded in the first what half. What if you needed some sort of rule change about that? So if you I don't know, concede three penalties in your own twenty-two, it's an automatic yellow. Regardless of what I don't know about an automatic. It can just be one. If there's one cynical yeah. foul that just 
prevents a try scoring opportunity. Oh yeah, if it's cynical, then it's yellow. But if it's like but continual, just, just killing killing the ball round the twenty two. It, it definitely should be. Leicester fans will quite rightly point at the fact that they scored three tries to London Irish's nil, but every single time, and it's it's a tactic that Leicester have been doing for years, uh, but every single time London Irish got into their 22 penalty and James O'Connor didn't have his kicking boots, unfortunately. So, <sighs> How unlucky will London Irish with that final try? Now... Well, and, and the first try. Well, yeah, the first, and I mean, arguably the second try. Well, Had the referee said try yes or no, not any reason I can't award it, it probably wouldn't have been given. Oh, it's going back. The to first this, try, Ed Slater was holding back the London Irish player Blair Cowan, so he couldn't tackle Ben Young. Well, the one which London Irish got disallowed, they said knock on, and then he said, okay, knock on, yeah, go back, look, was there a hand in there? Go back, no, there was no hand in there, but there was interference. Now I don't know what, what the exact law is here, but in my mind, that ball was kicked out. Out of the London Irish player's hand by the feet of the Leicester player, and I don't think that that, that should should have been a knock on. Leicester rumble on. Uh, what other what other things caught your eye over the weekend? Exeter, best losing team in the world. They started brilliantly, didn't oh, they? So good. Started absolutely superbly. Great try and a couple of great breaks, and and were really on top of Saracens. But Saracens, their big pack, ground it out. Like Saracens do, yeah, they do. I think Exeter probably need a new, a new prop or two. I think that's where they're really short. Henry Slade looked good at twelve. I thought, mm. um, yeah, he can play a bit. And Vinacolo looked like a world beater. Yeah, he always looks good. I think. Sale just keep winning, keep eking out results. Leicester, Worcester were really disappointed. Naturally, looking at the stats, how many times have they beaten Worcester now this season? Five. <laughs> wow. But looking at looking at the stats of that, um, Jonathan Thomas was on the BT on the Sunday game before in the build up to the London Irish Leicester game, saying that Sale spent I think in the out of the eighty minutes something like three and a half minutes in the Worcester twenty two. They do grind it out though. Whereas Worcester spent thirteen minutes out of the whole match in Sale's twenty two and just butchered chance after chance oh. after chance. So that scoreline did not reflect Worcester and how they played. And Dean Ryan was quite right to point out they're playing well, they're playing better. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we're a good just, team. Just bad luck. Say what you like yeah. about Dimes. I mean, he can't keep the team together because they all desperately want to leave. But when he does get a team on the field, they do play and he does get something out of them. It seems to be week after week. This, Yeah, this season they're going really, really well. Yeah, they're, they're two points off the playoffs. Mind you, you do see like sail players hanging on to the back of transit vans trying, trying to get out of carriers and undetected and like, hiding in laundry baskets. Yeah, they hide in the bins. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I would say that probably of all the teams, sail in their final seven games are playing all the teams above them. But uh, yeah, no, but they're, they're going great guns. Quite all scoring again. I know. Real good run of form. I need to sign them on for another year. It's, a, yeah. well, it's amazing how the number of players that play really well when they need a new contract at the end of that season. Yeah. You're not saying, you're just saying. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Gaskell's played out of his skin yeah. and has got a nice uh, lucrative contract at London Wasps. Mark Cueto's had a great season. He's got a new contract at Sale. Good Fair for play. Mark. Yeah, good mm. for Mark. The Premiership's all-time leading try scorer. That's right. So we've looked back at the week of rugby. Let's look ahead to the week ahead because we've got obviously a break from the Six Nations this week. So Viva Premiership accent, action. Hmm. Friday night. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm really it? looking forward to this game. The two biggest packs in the league. Bath, Saracens. Yes. Here At we go. Rec. Boom, boom, boom. Here, Here we go. go. Um, so how do you see that one playing out? Like you say, two massive packs, but Bath's back line are firing as well with the grounds getting a bit harder. Yeah, they're, they're playing really well, whereas I don't think 
I think Saracens are missing their internationals a little bit more. And they'll have George Ford back as well, Bath, won't they? Uh, yes. You would think. Yeah, because he, he didn't even get any game time. That could be crucial. Oh, yeah, of course. I th- I'd go for Bath at home. Bath at home for me. Bath at home. Uh, Saturday then, Phil? Uh, we've got Wasps against Sale. Which, That's a close one. Yeah, it should be a good game, that. And with a few... The, the Miller Bowl. The Miller Gaskell. The Miller Gaskell Bowl, yeah. Mm. Or the Gaskell Haskell off. Ah, oh, <laughs> nice. Gaskell Haskell... Cipriani back at his old stomping yeah. ground. Having watched Wasps at home a couple of weeks ago, they were poor. God, I think I might fancy Sale there to nick it. And Wasps are missing players like Launchbury who make a big, big difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I think Sale are going to going to do it. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Sale edge it. So I'll go for that. Harlequins Worcester, which I don't think we need to discuss for very long. No. Then another interesting game: Exeter London Irish. Oh, Exeter. London Irish are much improved. Yeah, they're playing well at the moment. Yeah, but Exeter are desperate now. I mean, they're really desperate. Yeah, their season is sliding into... The abyss? The abyss at the minute, yeah, compared to where they would have been hoping to be. But London Irish are much improved. Exeter. I, uh, I'm going to go for Exeter as well. I'd like to see them win because they've not, not been getting the results even though they've been playing pretty well. Another tasty fixture is the live game on Saturday on BT Sport at Northampton, Gloucester. How many games have Northampton lost this season? Is it just the one? Just the um, one so game. Then, They've drawn one, lost one. Yeah. So, right, so that's the game that they, they lost last time against Gloucester. One thing I will say about Gloucester is I do I do like their backs when they get going. I like Trinder. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, missing, they're missing May and 12 trees, unfortunately. They're also missing Simpson Daniel. Gloucester got a good result against Harlequins last weekend. That was a good result. I still can't see past Northampton. No. Though. No, at their, at their place as well. No, I yeah. think if everyone's got their strongest 15, Northampton. Can we just give a quick mention to Duncan Bell, who at the age of 39 is playing elite rugby again? Well, in inverted commas, elite <laughs> rugby in the Rabo Pro Direct for Newport Gwent Dragons. They've got a front row crisis and he's been drafted in from player coach role at Lydney in Gloucestershire. Wow. And, he's pl- and he played 65 minutes. Fair play to him. That's a, that's a, big, a big step down to go from Lydney to Newport. <laughs> <laughs> he's a hell of a unit is, uh, he is Bell. massive he yeah. is massive yeah. very interesting character as well he's given some v- very interesting interviews in, in the past uh, yeah because he suffered with um, depression yeah, depression, yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. very open about it he's an interesting yeah. fellow uh, well let's, we'll go from one prop to another where, I'll, where I want to finish we're finishing with a big flourish here on the Egg Chasers podcast this time uh, because it's Alex Corbiziero stepping up to the plate oh, again Alex. although I'm, I'm, I don't want to say this is rugby oki because I don't think it quite makes the grade for rugby oki but we, can we, I just say I've, I've heard this I, I heard this on Saturday and I wasn't impressed it reminded me of when Dr Dre decided that rap hey, hold was on, no just stop there him. just stop there Alex Corbiziero <laughs> it reminded me of Dr, Dr. Dre yeah well when he did two, uh, 2001 great album and then he walked away and then ruined it Alex Corbusiero's best hits are now behind him and he's moved into this. This is no next episode. It's no next episode. No, 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 Yeah, I think he's just struggling with that tough second album, Tim. Yeah, well, we, we know that Alex Corbusiero and what he can do when he gets a microphone and he spits lyrics. I mean, he's, he flows like Dan Carter's leg through a conversion kick. Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. Scrum is straight, term is right, I don't deny it. Test me, try it, style he don't buy it. I'ma grab the microphone and start to fly it. Up, up high, grab the mic and make you cry. Told you before we represent L.I. London Irish, you can't deny this. So, so sick a tenant, you can't buy this. And now he's just, uh, he's, he's like a circus freak just getting wheeled out. Come on, Alex, do your rap. 
uh, which is exactly what happened when he was oh, no. at Twickenham. Oh, no. So this was in the fans area, in the O2 inside live live area. What? what can, how, how complex can they name this area? What's I know. <laughs> the O2 inside line live area. Oh, it just rolls off the tongue. Where are you going? I'm going to the O2 inside live so area. So this is from the official Rugby Football Union television channel on YouTube and uh, Alex Corbiziero being goaded into rapping. He didn't, he, he didn't initially want to, but he, he kind of went into it and managed a couple of lines. Alright. Boom, that game just blow my mind. Standing here at the inside line. Looking at the crowd, girls looking fine. Everybody staring at my sexy behind. <laughs> yeah. That is actually now the ex- the extent of Sky's rugby coverage, so that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I, th- I think we need to try that again, but maybe with a with a, with a fat beat. Maybe that's all we're missing is a fat beat for Alex Corbizier. Go on, Alex. Blow my mind. Standing here at the inside line, looking at the crowd. Girls looking fine. Everybody staring at my sexy behind. Does that work any better for you, JB? Much, much more comfortable. Yeah? Yeah. Now, if you've got anything you want to react to with the podcast or a suggestion for a future podcast or something you spot that you think we ought to be talking about, then at Rugby Podcast on Twitter is where you can get in touch. I can, uh, if that effort of Alice Corbiziero there um, offended your ears in some way, we can go a short way as we end the podcast to rectifying that by uh, being sung out by a beautiful piece of music from a rugby player singing. Uh, And Phil, what should we go for, do you reckon, today? Uh, well, Tim, you very rarely get to choose yeah, these. You never choose Tim. Is there anyone right. who's on the fence? Is, is there anyone is that you want to hear? Um, Ricky Flutie's beautiful pair of pipes um, in the squat session with Heather Smalls. It, yeah, he'd done a singing session with Heather Smalls, and uh, Ricky Flutie stepped up for London Wasps when he was there. You know, it's been an amazing day for us all, hasn't <laughs> it? Yeah. We learned a bit of breathing, and it was really good. It is great. Heather Small here. And um, yeah, she, everyone here is obviously a huge fan of hers. It's a privilege to have her along. But uh, here is the here is the beautiful moment. Ricky Flutie uh, putting Heather Small from M People's practice into action. And we'll see you next time. Bye. And very soon they'll know just who we are. And through the eyes of Sean. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.